Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is a Froggy Wednesday, and we are here with... All right, let me go over this real quick. Six-time PGA Tour winner, 2021 WGC Dell Match Play winner, 2021 BMW Championship winner, and 2014 FedEx Cup, and never, ever shies away from an opinion that, you know what, you might agree with and you might not agree with, and I'm going to just be honest with you, he does not care. Uh, Billy Horschel, ladies and gentlemen, how are you, Billy? I'm doing good, Froggy. How about you, buddy? Good, man. Thank you for coming uh, back on the podcast here. Uh, We've been having some really huge months here on the podcast. We appreciate it. We're excited about the future. And just remember, help us out anytime. Uh, You can subscribe. You can leave a ranking, a comment, whatever. It goes a long ways to moving us up in the algorithm. We can't figure out how they do it, but you know what? Just It helps us out. And uh, so make sure you tell all your friends about us. And once again, we're brought to you by uh, Encore golf balls they design high performance golf balls for levels of uh, all players all skill levels so just because you find a ball in the woods or just because billy horschel plays the golf ball you don't swing the club as fast as billy trust me i played with them i know so just go to encore.com and find out what golf ball is best for you so billy you are a traveling man brother you have been all over this world yeah i've been traveling a lot more than um i guess i normally do uh, this European tour, uh, I've been a member of the European tour, but I haven't really fully uh, played a lot of the, the tour the last few years um, due to pandemic and everything. But right. this year with my ranking and everything, I had to to be more involved. And and it's something I've always wanted to do. I just haven't had time or figure out time in my schedule. And it sort of worked out where, you know, when your arm sort of gets twisted, you got to take, uh, got to do it. And it was worked out really well. I enjoy playing over there. The guys over there are great. The atmosphere of um, the European tour is, is different than PJ tour. So I thoroughly enjoy it. It's been fun. And and so, yeah, the last, the last couple months I've traveled more than I normally do at this time of year. Yeah, I know. I actually had a uh, charity event planned and I kind of planned the charity event <laughs> to be around the time that Billy was going to be home. And then Billy slips up and wins the BMW championship. He's in the race to Dubai. And so Billy wasn't able to play. So next year, when we pick a date, Billy, we have to pick a better date so we can make sure that you're available to be there. Yeah, I got to do a better job of predicting the future. Um, <laughs> I can't get mad at you for winning, though. I'm never going to get mad at you for winning. Trust me. I I, I was glad that you Appreciate were in it. it. Um, now, I also saw you, you got to play some with your dad over there for his birthday, right? Yeah, so we um, so a couple weeks after the BMW PGA Championship victory there in Wentworth, uh, I played the, the Alfred, Alfred Dunhill Links Championship, their version of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And it was my dad's uh, 70th birthday. So it was his oh, present cool. to him. We got to play Carnoustie. We had to play Kingsbar and St. Andrews. Out of 162 teams, we were one of the 20 teams to make the cut, which was an absolute blast. We got to play St. Andrews again on Sunday. Um, you know, it was just a fun week of, of golf. I was absolutely, tell you the truth, I was absolutely exhausted. Um, if it wasn't for my dad, you know, going over there to play, I probably would have backed out of the tournament. Um, but I'm happy I did it because St. Andrews is such a special place. That tournament, I've heard so many great things about it. Uh, I enjoyed my time. And after playing that event now, I, I that's sort of become a regular now going forward. I probably will be playing the Alfred Dunhill Links, if not every year, uh, majority years going forward over the next decade. Wow, that's awesome. So while you were over there in the race to Dubai, you made some comments that I personally feel were blown a little bit out of proportion. You said that you thought that if guys play well, they should get paid. I agree with some of the things that you said, but they were really some, I felt were blown 
a little bit out of proportion or you didn't fully get to explain what you meant. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity here if maybe you weren't able to fully give your take on why you feel the way you feel. Well, you know, the, the, the question was asked to me that the, some of the changes that PGA is doing or the PGA Tour is doing, um, changes they've made already or the suspected changes that are going to come in the future, um, if the tour is going about the right way in the sense of um, possibly uh, with the competition of the, uh, other competing tours coming up, the Saudi Tour, um, that is both Asian Tour, the right. Premier Golf League, which is out of London. Um, so or is a tour going about the right way to sort of deter them or, you know, not really make them much of a competitor. And I agree. Some of the things that tour is doing right now is, is what needs to be done. Um, as I said there, uh, I said, I, you know, I'll get on my soapbox here for a, a brief second to, to give you my side and my opinion on things. And I made some comments that I think we need to cut some cards on the PGA tour. We need to cut some cards coming from the corn Ferry tour. Um, I said, I, I, and I'm, I said that I don't, I think there's guys that are just are comfortable to make a card or make their money every year and keep the card, which, which is fine. But I think, and, and all I'm saying is what I've heard from guys out on tour. Now this isn't the majority of tour. I'm talking about maybe five, 10, 15 players that I hear that like, Hey, I'm happy to make a, you know, 1.5 million a year, you know, get X amount of dollars in my retirement and keep my card and do that for the next 10, 12 years. You know, I'll be fine. Like, that's great. That's awesome. But if they were playing the NFL, they would be cut because what they want on any sport teams, they want the best players striving to be the best player on a daily basis. They want that third, third string guy pushing the second string guy, pushing the, the guy who's in the first team, you know, trying to make them better. And so um, another side of that, which I didn't explain, because like I said it could have gone on for a long time, was that since I've been out on tour since 2010, and majority of guys who come out on tour, they experience it. When you come from the Corn Ferry tour, or at the time it was a web.com tour, whatever tour it's been, coming from that, or the PJ Tour Q school, when it was actually a Q school, your options, how many tournaments you get in is based off how well you play. There's a ranking, there's a shuffle. The better you play, the more you get shuffled up. There's about four to five shuffles a year. And so, unfortunately, um, you know, at the bottom end, if you haven't had a great year, you only may get in maybe 18, 19 events out of the 47 events. And four of those events are uh, field events with less FedEx Cup points, which if you play well, like let's say you finish seventh, yeah, that's great. You earned a lot of FedEx Cup points but not the amount that you would earn if it was a regular event. Right. So there's been a lot of talk about getting more playing opportunities for the guys coming from the Corn Ferry slash the Corn Ferry Q school now, which I can fully understand. I've been an advocate for a long time of getting guys more starts out on tour. Unfortunate thing is, is that we have roughly 200 plus 210 plus members a year on the PGA tour. Our biggest field is a 156 and they don't go to 156 until I think our first 156 field, truly where it goes full-time, becomes a Zurich Classic. And then every field going forward that is an open event is 156 until we get to the playoffs. So if you're you, – there's not there's a chance that you could not get in an open event if you're on the Corn Ferry list or out of that category. Like this past fall, only one or two guys got – I mean, uh, several guys only got in one or two events in the fall category out of the fall schedule out of 12 or 13 events that we had. And 
you know, if they didn't play well, they're going to be shuffled down or they're not going to be able to improve their, their, um, their ranking. So by saying that we need to cut maybe a total of, you know, 40 to 50 cards, both from the PGA tour and the corn Ferry tour combined, I'm doing that because I'm trying to get more guys opportunity to play on the PGA tour. I'm trying to get, uh, when you get a PJ Tour card, you should be able to play 25 plus events a year, 28 plus right. events a year. If you want to do that, if that's what you want to do, you should have that opportunity. They're not getting that opportunity based off the way everything's set up now. By doing also what I said, I think it makes it a more competitive PJ Tour. Not that we're not competitive now, but when you reduce how many cards are 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 available, full cards every year by cutting it from 125 cutting the 100 from 125, you're making it more competitive. You're making it more, uh, you know, cutthroat a little bit because now there's less cards to be given out. So I think you're getting a better overall product on a yearly basis. I think you're getting the better players. You're getting guys that are striving to be better and get, you know, want to be in the top 50 in the world, want to be in the Tour Championship. There's a lot of guys that say they want to be in the Tour Championship, but at the end of the day, you know, are they really doing everything to try and uh, give them the best opportunity? Are they making some of the sacrifices that some of the top players are making? Are they spending all the time, you know, an hour, two hours extra a day in the gym, you know, maybe working with a physio, maybe somewhere out on the course working on their game, you know, what the top players are doing. And I understand not everyone had the desire to be a top player, but if I'm the PGA Tour and I'm looking at the sustainability of the product over the next 25 years, where we have an unbelievable TV deal for the next 10 years with, you know, the TV contract we just signed and then with our digital uh, rights, world rights and media rights and everything. And then what we're also probably going to be, you know, our sponsor, what we ask from our sponsors, our corporate sponsors, of events and partners from the PJ Tour, that number just doesn't stay the same every year. We are asking more every year. They, that number gets increased and increased and increased. And I think at some point, do I know this for a fact? No, I'm going out on a limb. But these corporate sponsors, when they sponsor an event, they want to get the best players. They want to get the best field because right. what they want is they want return for their bang, bang for their buck. You right. know, if they're not getting the money back that, you know, the, you know, they're not getting what they put into the event back in a sense of dollar amount, a sense of bringing their clients and their clients not re-upping deals with, you know, making their deals with the deals that they have with their corporate, with their, their uh, clients and everything bigger then they're not going to continue to renew so that number that we keep asking from our corporate sponsor is going to keep increasing every year so i'm just trying to think of ways that we are trying to get ahead of it and attack it from a different way i also think if you know and i'm going out on another limb here you know i think do i know this for a fact no but if i was a commissioner you know one of the roads i know is possibly being talked about is maybe creating a world tour with a pga tour and a european tour right and then you know, you're having, you know, maybe 100 guys, 80 guys in those, and you're playing around the world. But also from there, you're propping up the Corn Ferry Tour and the Challenge Tour, and you're making, you know, those feeders tour, those feeder tours to the World Tour, but you're also increasing the purses out in the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, the two, three, four million dollars maybe. Same thing on the Challenge Tour. I think it's really tough out in the Corn Ferry Tour. I know it is for a fact because I have friends out there that finished 50th on that money list or – 40th on that money list and they just missed getting their PJ tour card. And at the end of the day, when they, after they paid their expenses and everything, they have very little money left over, you know, to maybe invest their money in, or maybe to put money more into themselves in a sense of working out with a trainer, working more with a coach, 
you know, finding other ways to improve their game of golf. So, yes, it's great that the Corn Ferry Tour is a million-dollar purse is now going forward. But I do feel like if we're going to get better players out on the PJ Tour and get a better product, then we've got to figure out ways to prop up those tours as well. So, there, like I said, I can go on for another 10 minutes and, and give <laughs> you more insight. But really, the gist of my comments were that, I'm trying to create more playing opportunities for the members that we have coming out. I'm trying to create more playing opportunities for them. But I'm also thinking by doing that, it's becoming more of a competitive tour because there's now less cards given out on a yearly basis. So it's becoming a little bit more cutthroat. At the same time, one other aspect of that is, is that we would reduce our fuel sizes from 132, from 156 to about 132, 120 average, which makes play faster, which makes it easier for TV to cover, cover more groups. Our rules officials have talked about, you know, wanting to reduce field sizes for years because it makes pace of pace of play faster. Right. You know, just so many other reasons to it that a lot of people from the outside, unfortunately, everyone can give their opinion about what I said. But unless you're on the PJ tour and you understand the conversations that are being having in a pack meeting and what the tour is trying to do to try and improve their product, your opinion doesn't really matter to to me. And I'm not trying to be a trying to be a an a-hole about it right now i get it unless you have the facts of what you know what everything's going on you're you're really ill-informed on the situation in my opinion right and so let me let me preface what i'm about to say with i am (laughs) ill-informed on the opinion so let me let me preface that but my my argument is i understand where you're coming from but to look at it from the tours perspective and and even some of the players perspective and, and Travis has talked about this on the podcast a ton. Doesn't the tour have to take care of their stars? And let me say why I believe they do have to take care of their stars. Um, let's say there's 15 or 20 really huge stars on the PGA tour guys that guys that when they're in an event, it changes the event. And I understand that there's, there's one guy on the top of the mountain and that's Tiger Woods and he <laughs> moves the needle like nobody else. I mean, he posted a swing a couple of weeks ago and it broke Twitter after, after, and, and, and rightfully so I'm one of the people that pays attention to that stuff. Um, and you too, I understand hundred percent. And we all understand that he is the needle. He doesn't move the needle, but there are, there's the next tier under them where those are the stars. And those are the people that I believe the PGL and the Super League, uh, Saudi League, I believe that's who they're coming after. And so doesn't the tour have to protect them? And by protecting them, I mean, when the tour goes to sell a sponsorship to a, to a corporate sponsor, whether it's for the players or whether it's just for, just for any, any, any other tournament, they're selling it based on those 20 guys. Nothing again, I just, I just have a name come off the top of my head. Nothing against Adam Wise, but I don't believe that anybody is buying a sponsorship based on whether Adam Wise is going to be in the field or not. So shouldn't the tour take care of its biggest stars because isn't that what's driving the tour? Yeah, it's Aaron Wise, by the way, not Adam. It's Sorry, Aaron Wise. That, that's my point. Aaron Wise, <laughs> Adam Long. <laughs> Adam yes. Long, Aaron Wise, either one. Yes. That, yeah. so, so, listen, yeah. the, the, the tour, if you're a corporate sponsor, you're buying a sponsorship, you're buying or your sponsor tournament, hoping to get some big name players, whether it's Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, of those 15, 20 guys that right. I truly believe in. I think every PGA Tour player understands this. Without those guys, even with Tiger, you know, you, it's generational things, but there's every generation, there's about 15, 20 guys that bring in the money, that gets the eyeballs 
uh, of the fans and the corporate sponsors. Without those guys, at the end of the day, we wouldn't be able to play for the money we do. At the same time, we wouldn't be able to have the money that we get into our retirement, that we have the ability to also make, you know, by the how well we play. So, um, yes, I think the tour has, and I can't say changed its outlook, but for so long, it was to create playing opportunities for the entire membership, for right, everybody, and try and look out after everybody. And I think the tour, not that they're changing their entire look of it, but they understand that they need to probably do a better job of taking care of the top players, the guys that are bringing in all this money for right. the rest of the guys. And I'm, for one, I have no issue with it. I have no issue with this PIP program. I have no issue if we're going to have another program that, you know, is a, you know, rewards the top guys who are bringing in money because at the end of the day, without those guys, I'm not able to make the money that I make or I've made in my career. Tiger Woods, I think in all the time for everything he's done. Phil Mickelson, same thing. Ernie L. Vijay Singh, the guys that were, you know, there in the early 2000s, the mid 2000s that were part of the Tiger Woods deal that brought in more money because if it was just Tiger, yes, Tiger was going to bring a, a ton of money. But if he was just winning everything and there was no competition, you know, that wouldn't have been as fun and been as exciting. But you had competitors that competed with him that increased that value, increased that viewership. So, uh, yes, I think the tour is it's in a pickle. And as I said, I would never want to be in JC because there's so many different things they have to try and figure out and handle. And it's such a, you know, what road do you go down right now? I think there's, there's, 10, 15, 20 roads that you could go down of how, you know, to make our tour more sustainable, you know, put it in the best position to, to compete or, or, you know, uh, deflect any other leagues that come out and put us in a position to, you know, to be successful in the next 25 years. You know, what road is that going to be? I do not want to be in JC or Andy Pazner's or any of the other PGA tour executives that are trying to figure this out because it is a, you, it's it's not a win-win situation. No, it's opinion. hard to take care of everybody. It's hard to make Correct. everybody feel like they are just as important. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, the stars are driving the league. But at the same time, you don't want to make it so guys who are trying to come up feel that they're never going to have a chance and they can't make a living so they go do something else. Correct. And I think the great thing about our sport, and I go back to it, and everyone else, majority of guys go back to it, is you earn what you keep. You know, you earn your money. You earn everything that you you make is you, you you earn. You don't get a contract for ten years for two hundred million after having one or two great years. Like you have to go out and earn your money again. So if you have a great couple years and you decide that in your third year or the next year to slack off, you know, I'm not going to work nearly as hard. You may not do it. You may not say that uh, right. consciously. But right, subconsciously, but I, you sort yeah. of you, you sort of pull back a little bit. You let up on the gas. You spend the you know, you know, two less hours a week or three less hours a week. You know, grinding away on your game or being in the gym or whatever it may be. Yeah, my well, dad that calls it the, adds up. Yeah, my dad calls it the silk pillow phenomenon, where that pillow is hard at first, but after you sleep on it, it gets a little softer. You're like, yeah, I don't have to work quite as hard, and that yeah. that absolutely happens. And we see that happen in the NFL, like you said. We any see league, guys any have a big year fall off but then the money ends yeah eventually here it's a little different the second you stop playing well the money is gone instantly because you're you're because your performance isn't there 
And it's tough because at the end of the day, if you don't perform well, you don't get the corporate, you don't get your off the course money, like sponsorship money, outings, deals, everything else that could come from playing well. So it is, it is a tireless, you know, relentless work at it and it can grind it. We know we grind at it and it beats us down and it, you know, sometimes we wish we could just have a little breather, you know, um, and I think that's something that a lot of players have talked about where we wish we could just have two months off. Not obviously we're in a five week spell right now. Where we're not playing at all, but we really wish even, you know, we were, you know, before this, we had maybe all November, December off, or maybe mid October through December off, just so we can breathe a little bit and relax and get to go do things, um, other things in life that we want to do. And yes, we right. can make our schedule, but at the end of the day, we still have to play well on a daily basis, a weekly basis a yearly basis to maintain our position on the PJ tour. So, you know, like I said, there's so much that goes into this that, you know, unfortunately the public does not see, the public does not understand the full gist of all the, the things behind doors that they don't, that they're just not aware of that, you know, goes into a lot of the comments that I've made and maybe some other players have made. So, um, I love the PJ Tour. The PJ Tour is great. It's the best product out there. They do a great job of really, honestly, taking care of everybody. And we have some unbelievable opportunities if you're willing to put in the time, work hard, and be successful. Yes, there is a talent level there that, yes, some guys are more talented than others and, and, and just the way it is. But if you really believe and work hard, I, I think that you the Tour gives you the opportunity to make a lot of money and be successful and set up a great living for, for yourself and your families. All the stuff we've talked about here, are, are these discussions that are being had in the pack? I know you're, I know you're part of the player action committee. Are these discussions being had regularly? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, there's discussions always about, and, and this goes back to my, you know, cutting cards. There's discussions about how to create more opportunities for, the corn fairy Q school guys coming from the corn fairy tour. How does cutting cards create more opportunity for those guys? So this goes back to 200. We have 200 plus members on the PJ tour, 225 full-time members on the PJ tour on a they yearly can, basis. So they can play whenever they want. Is they that can how play that works? whenever they want, but it depends on a, you're on a pecking order based off oh, okay. your rankings. Okay. So it goes, it goes, you know, major winners or whatever the category is, and it goes tournament winners over the next two years or the past two years, and then it goes maybe lifetime members, and then it goes, um, you know, guys who finish on the top 125 of the FedEx Cup list, and then it may be some major medicals and minor medicals, and then the last guys, the last full member guys that get an event every week are the guys come from the Corn Ferry and the Corn Ferry Q School. So depending on how many of the guys ahead of them committed to play in a tournament depends on whether how, how many guys from the corner Ferry, corner Ferry Q school get in. So, so that's example, where we see the alternates, like where you see like, so somebody else withdrew. So the first alternate is X and that person gets in. Yeah. Or yeah, it could be a corn Ferry Q school guy. It could be someone who finished in the 126 to 150 category. It just depends on how many guys have ahead of them have committed. So perfect example is, Sony this year, I think Sony's a 144 field. I'm going to say maybe 10 guys, maybe 12, maybe 15 guys get in from the, the, the corn Ferry Q school category. You know, that's not a lot out of 50. Mm -hmm. So there's one less event. Those guys have a chance to, to um, play well, get FedEx cup points so they can in, improve their spot on the next reshuffle. So 
And how does that work as far as let's, let's say I'm home or where am I? And I'm on the alternate. And then all of a sudden on a Wednesday, that other person withdraws or decides they're not playing. You've got to get yourself there and be ready to play right away. Even though you may have only found out 24 hours in advance and now you're in a, now you're in a PGA tour event. Yeah. So so more majority of guys, majority of the alternates, maybe five to seven alternates, um, Mm -hmm. top five, seven alternates are probably much probably on site. Um, early in the week, um, they're paying attention to who's withdrawing to probably talk to our play relations guys, figure out who may be injured. You know, what do they know of anybody who may withdraw? So, right. you know, they're Hawaii would be a tough one. If you were like, yeah. uh, you know, a last minute, you know, you just found out Wednesday you got in the field to get there. But, um, majority of the time it's a little bit easier when it's obviously in the mainland of right. the United States, the, you know, the 48. Um, so, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into it, but, you know, to go back to your question, how does reducing cards do, allow, how does reducing cards allow more playing opportunities? Well, yeah. when you have 210 plus members, 200 plus members a year and your biggest fields are 156. And I think, I don't know this for a fact. I'm going to say, you know, that's four months. Um, you're looking at maybe 20 out of the 47 maybe a touch more or 156 fields, right. you know, usually when it's a 156 field, majority of the majority of the Q school, Q, uh, corn ferry Q school and corn ferry guys get into the, the field. But, you know, when we get to the 144 fields or the 132 fields, you know, they're not going to get in, you know, like right. waste management, waste management, perfect example, a great event that a lot of players love to play. So majority of the guys that are ahead of the corn ferry guys in uh, the pecking order, are going to want to play that because it's such a great event. It's a fun atmosphere. You know, the weather's great. So there may, I think on average, only five guys get in on out of the Corn Ferry, Corn Ferry Q school category. So there's 45 other guys that didn't get an opportunity to play and make, okay. make points that week to improve their shuffle to possibly, you know, at the, at the end of the year, um, you know, if they're, if they miss out on the card by 10 or 15 points, not getting that one event, you know, could have cost them. So the more events they get in, the more opportunities they have to to make points okay, and keep sense. their card. So by so fewer people handed members, an invitation and giving more people the opportunity to earn it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to take cards away because by by reducing how many members we have, that opens up more opportunities for guys to get in. Because if now if you cut from 200 to 150 and the fields are 132, not everybody. You know, right. ahead of the corn fairy guys are going to play every week. That's a fact. Right. So They're now not. you're getting, you know, now you're going to get them in more events. So that last guy in that category is probably going to get maybe five, seven, maybe eight more events, maybe 10 more. Have I done the numbers? Have I sat down and, 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 and ran all the numbers and algorithm and cracked it? No, but, no, but it makes sense. I, but I guarantee you, I know who has a PJ tour and the PJ right. tour knows all the information and they can spit it out to me in a second if i were to ask you know to get even more in-depth detail now being on the on on the player action committee billy do you think and not that you have to ever give a name or anything but do you think that it is a possibility that we would see any of the big name players people that everybody know do you think there's any chance that any of these guys would go over and play either the pgl or play the saudi league do you think that we're going to have some of that you know what? That, that's a great question. Um, I think at the end of the day, I know, f- f- uh, at least from my standpoint, I don't play for money. Yes, 
money is how I, I create my living. Money is how I've been able to to take care of my family, and I've done very well for myself. So yes, I'm in a position that I can say I don't make decisions based off money. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's other younger guys that are big name players right now that are had a couple of good years. You know, are they financially set? No, not yet, but they're gonna be there. You know, in just a few amount of years. But you know, would they make it for a financial reason? I don't know. I think the reason that these players would would leave, at least the way I would, the only reason I would leave is just because I could play less events in a year, less events amount, less events in a year, still play against the top players and still be able to play in the majors. You know, I've got three kids at home. You know, I love my three kids. I'm, I would love to be able to spend more time with them and I can create my own schedule. Uh, you know, I have that ability to create my own schedule but I still have to play enough to, you know, give myself a chance to, you know, get to, you know, my goals. You know, I want to win majors. I want to, you know, win another FedEx game. I want to win the race to Dubai. I want to become number one player in the world and win majors and all this other stuff. So, but I think the reason guys would, would do it was because they would actually have time to themselves. So if they would create the, the ter- you know, a league from January to August and gave everyone off the rest of the year, you know, that may be something that, and you know, you know, entices some of these players to leave. Do I think we're going to see a lot of guys leave? No. For sole fact, the PGA Tour doesn't matter if it's top guy, a middle guy, or a bottom guy. They do very well of taking care of the players. We have a great system, and uh, on the PGA Tour, that if you play well, you get to reap the financial benefits. Right. And we have an unbelievable system set up like that and you know that's that goes to dean beam and tim fincham and everyone else in the pj tour who has set this you know tour in a great spot over the last five six decades and you know we are in a spot now that if you play well in the pj tour you can make a lot of money and it's only going to increase over the next 10 years due to the tv contracts and digital media rights deals and then the support from our corporate sponsors and our partners of the PJ tour. So we're very fortunate that we're in a great spot on the PJ tour. So at the end of the day, why would someone leave? I don't know, but I could only see that the ability to play less and have more time off to spend with family or, or, or whatever they want to do to enjoy more life. That would be the one thing that would make me leave but as i said i have no desire to go i love right. a spot on the pj tour and do i have a number yes i mean i'd be stupid if i said i didn't have a number that was going to make me leave but at the end of the day they will not meet that they will never not pay me that number right. because to tell you the truth it probably doesn't the number i'm giving is more than what my value is worth so I'm because that's the only way I would leave. I'm not going right. to leave for exactly what I'm valued for. I'm going to leave for what more than I'm valued for. That's the only way I would leave. But as someone who's giving that money away, if you're a sponsor or whoever is heading these tours, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to pay me. If they did, I would have a you know I'd have to think about it. But I don't think they will. I'm very happy on the PJ tour. I love my spot, and and so. You know, so they I'll need be, to give you. They need to give you Tiger Woods money in order for Billy Horschel to walk away from the PGA. It doesn't have to be Tiger. It's probably what Tiger's paid in a year from them. <laughs> they just have to pay me that in five years. So that's all. <laughs> the um, you know, you mentioned it earlier, and it's a thought that we've had. Are we headed to a place where, with now the the PGA Tour and, and the European Tour making the, the the branding decision to become the DP Tour, 
are we getting to a, are we going to have a worldwide tour maybe say 18 or 20 events no cuts we just have you know 50 or so guys guaranteed money for you know four rounds is that the direction that we're headed yeah so you know that's that's this road i've traveled the furthest down trying to figure it out and and put it all together i've gone down some of these other other routes or other roads to see how it would look and i haven't gone far enough to make it you know make it clear enough but i think a world tour is possibly the way we go um i think an 18 20 event schedule where we're playing some in asia australia middle east europe uk you know in the u.s and then you add in the four majors um you know, along with that, then you get to about a 20, 24 to maybe 26, 28 event schedule. Um, I think that's a real possibility. Um, I think. How do you, know, you sell it, the other tours though? How do you sell the tours under those? That, that, that is the, that's the biggest thing. How do you sell these other tours where, you know, they're just not playing for peanuts, you know? And as I said, I think the corn Ferry tour you know, if we went that route, the, you know, and I still feel like Corn Ferry Tour needs to be propped up a little bit in sense of financials. Um, but if we went that route, then you need to start making where that Corn Ferry Tour, these guys are making a living. They're just not breaking even. Um, and I'm not saying they need to make millions of dollars and, and then be satisfied being on a, on a feeder tour. But they need to be playing probably, you know, what's that number? Three, four million dollars a week? You know, maybe five million dollars at most? Um, you know, maybe by creating this world tour, you have more influx of money um, from around the world from more corporate sponsors. So then you can feed down to these other feeder tours to help, you know, uh, prop up their purses. Um, so, you know, maybe it's something, you know, if you did these feeder tours, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, that's the thing. I just, that, that would be the the little pickle is how, how can we make these feeder tours, um, where these guys are still playing for a lot of money and obviously TV is going to cover them and, and, and broadcast, but can we still make them big enough that, you know, they can stand on a little bit their own right and, and, and make it a feeder tour to, to the world tour. Right. And and the world tour would have what 50, 50 players. I think it would have more. I think you gotta go about maybe 75, 80. Um, mm-hmm. You would have no cuts. Um, so guaranteed and, paydays and guaranteed for the fans that they're going to see the stars when they go to an event. Cause right now on a, on a cut tour, you know, when the tour comes to your town, uh, you know, the guy you like doesn't make the cut. You don't see him on the weekends, but you get a guarantee. The fans know for all four days, they're going to see the player that they want to see. Correct. And I think if you, if you had it in a sense where, you know, you had a 18, 20 event tour schedule, you had breaks off in there throughout the year, a couple week breaks after some of the spots you went to. And, you know, part of the deal, maybe asking these guys, if you, if you create this world tour, this is where the little pickle comes in a little bit too, is, hey, listen, you can only opt out of maybe two or three events and you've got to play the rest of them. Right. So so then you're guaranteeing um, at a lot of these spots that you're getting the best players in the world coming and competing. So the fans see it, the sponsors get what they're looking for. The TV's excited that they're getting the top players playing. Um, so you know, like I said, there's so much to digest and try and figure out how to go about it that Jay's unbelievable and his team and his staff. I just, I, I, I mean, you know, if you had a whiteboard, you'd have to have 50 whiteboards to try and figure out right. all the scenarios. Okay. This is scenario a, how does this all work out? And scenario B on this tour or, or this, let's go down this road and how's this look out? So. 
I mean, we've been talking for 35 minutes here, and by all means, I want to definitely make something very clear, and, and I think Billy will probably agree with me here. I'm by no means insinuating or leading to saying at all that the PGA Tour currently as a model is broken because it is not. Oh, correct. No. It is a phenomenal product, and I, I, I love golf just like anybody who's listening to this, watching this. You love golf as well. You wouldn't be here. It's just how do we make it better? Because if you're not getting better, if you're staying the same, you're getting worse, number one. And number two, you have to look at, there are other people that see what a great product the PGA Tour is, what a great model they have. And that's why these PGLs and these Saudi leagues are popping up. When, when, you're, when you're crap, nobody wants to take what you have. <laughs> nobody wants to be what you are. But when you're at the top of your game, People want to try and emulate. They want to try and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the radio business, for example. When you're the number one radio station in town, somebody else looks at you and says, hey, if we can just get half of what they have, we can make money. And I guarantee you, if you can make half of what the PGA Tour makes, you can make a lot of money. So I see where these other tours are coming in. I see what they're trying to do. But I know we've spent 35 minutes here talking about changes that could be made but it's changes being made to make a product better. Not saying that the current model is broken by any way, shape or form. And I, and I don't know if you agree with me hundred percent, Billy. No, or not. Agree. I agree. I think the model is great. The model has been sustainable for decades and decades, but as you said, I'm always looking at things. How can I get better? How can right. the PJ tour get better? You know, you said it, if you're not trying to get better, if you're not always trying to put one foot in front of the other to get better then, then you're falling back or you right. just sort of say, Hey, we're good where we are. You're getting passed very fast by other people Same, you know, I see it in golf. If you aren't trying to get better every day on the golf course as a professional golfer, players are passing you. Right. And, and so it's the same thing. So my thing to the PJ tour is, and I, and I've said this to Andy and Jay is that we have a great product right now. We have a very, you know, financially, lucrative business for you know the members for the pga tour players that and that's what your guys's goal is my question to them is is this is this sustainable 25 years down the road right you know if we think we can sustain sustain the success that we've had over the last two three decades and continue that in for another 25 years then we're perfect but if we think we made there may be some hiccups or some other hoops that we're going to have to jump through which there always are but, you know, let's look at maybe is there a way that we can make this a, a lock that this is sustainable 25 years down the road? How can we make this better? So 25 years down the road, we're in an even better spot than we are now. And we've improved and given our members on the PJ Tour an even better opportunity to make a financial living even greater for themselves. And I'm and I know this is tough. I mean, I'm talking about guys making millions of dollars and there's people out there that are struggling to make ends meet. I said, I grew up in a blue collar household. You know, one of my parents didn't have a job, you know, several times throughout growing up. My brother's an electrician. Uh, my older brother's a director of sports medicine at College of Charleston. So I understand what a dollar means to the average person. Right. I understand it very clearly. Uh, but what I'm ready about to say is something different. When you look at a lot of the other sports, is the PGA tour in line with how much the other guys in other sports are making and in the sense of how much money they make? No, it isn't. And I'm not complaining by one sense, but the goal is a PGA tour is to provide a great 
you know, provide this members an unbelievable financial uh, benefit if you play well. And that's what they're right. trying to do. And the PGA Tour is entertainment, just like the NFL is entertainment and Major League Baseball is entertainment. NBA is entertainment. It is still an entertaining product that there's a lot of money coming in. And obviously the players are providing the entertainment and therefore that money needs to be trickled down to the players essentially. And so I, I, I see exactly where you're coming from and Billy. I, and, and I, I have the, the honor of knowing Billy personally and Billy's not a spoiled jackass who grew up with, <laughs> with money falling out of his ass and, and, and has lived a rich life his whole life. He's not like that. So it's easy for you to say that and defend yourself, but I, I knew Billy well enough to know that that's not the case. I know Billy personally <laughs> off the golf course and he's a good dude. He's not an asshole. And so if you have an issue with Billy, it's usually because you just don't agree with him, which I don't agree with everything. And that's fine. But that that's, that's part of why we do these things is because everybody's got an opinion. At the end of the day, you, no one I've done this. I've been in the public eye long enough. Now you can never please everybody. No, you can never please everybody. I can't everyone please everybody their, in my own house, let alone everybody outside of the, everybody <laughs> outside of the world. Please. You know, everyone has an opinion and they're entitled to the opinion. Right. But at the end of the day, what I say is sometimes your opinion doesn't hold the same weight if you don't have the entire facts right. when you give your opinion. Right. It's like me, if I was to give my opinion, geez, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, something in the political world, something in, in how to run a tech company. Perfect example, right. how to run a tech company. If I gave my opinion how they should run a tech company, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know right. how to make social media a safer spot. I don't know how to make social media where, you know, you get some of these I'm saying jackasses off there for attacking people, you know, right. that, you know, when someone's just showing, you know, trying to do something good and they get attacked because, you know, someone's, you know, just having a bad day or they just are jealous of who they are. Like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know anything in how their inner workings are. So for me to give an informed opinion, I'm just not able to do, I can right. give an opinion, but it's not an informed opinion. Right. And so that's why, like, sometimes I say people's opinions they don't all hold don't the same matter. Way. Don't they always don't. matter to me because they're not informed. If there's right. an informed opinion, then I I I, I want to hear it, and I want to because because you can always learn from somebody if you haven't. You know, I always try to look at everything from a hundred three three hundred sixty degree sphere. You know, around you know, try right. and make sure I've got everything. But sometimes I'm missing. So by making sure I'm listening to someone who I believe has an informed opinion, I may learn something or pick up on something I didn't have that makes me understand things better makes me a better person makes me better in in ways that you know i didn't realize right away so that's you know just where i you know i, I the way i think of things is i, I just like people who are a little more informed that they're giving an opinion on right. something part of having a good opinion is knowing when you don't know what the hell you're talking about and just going hey i have an opinion but i know my opinion does not hold the weight yours does because you are much more informed and you know the inner workings of what's going on it's like for example we'll talk about this in a few minutes Billy and I are huge college football fans. I've got my opinion on how I feel about the Gators and what's going on and what's this and what's that. But I realize that I don't have a, I, I don't know. The, I'm just a fan. I just sit in the stands. I like to watch them win. And when they don't, I have an opinion like every other fan, which you're entitled to have, <laughs> but understand that your opinion, sometimes you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I, I was, 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 was talking to, to a guy who was playing, he, he played quarterback in the NFL. And some fan was telling him what was wrong with the offense. And I'm like, really, dude? I'm like, the guy plays the position. Like, you don't know the first thing about playing quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you can have an opinion, but not to him. Have, keep that opinion to your buddy who doesn't know the first thing either. And you guys are great. But don't talk to somebody who's super informed 
when you're really not informed, unless you know you're not, which that's why I said before we even started this, I know my opinion is coming from an outsider and a fan. And I, and I do read and I try to educate myself, but I know that I don't know the first thing about the inner workings of the PGA Tour, which you being on the player action committee gives you probably another window that not every player has. And so knowing that is what allows you to have the conversation. And once again, the PGA Tour is not broken. The PGA Tour is in no. a great spot and it's going to be great in a great spot, spot for a long time. Mm-hmm. but there are always ways to try and get better. And we should all be doing that in every single part of our life. And, and Billy, I, I appreciate you being as candid as you are and as open as you are and willing to, to give an opinion because that's what makes these kind of things interesting. Yeah. But I, I love wanted- it. Like I said, I'm, someone's probably going to attack me over this because what I said or anything, but in a day, like it doesn't bother me. So no, it really you know. doesn't. It doesn't bother so- me. It, trust me. It doesn't bother. <laughs> Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest gold-rated elixir and low-compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 